0: What's going on, everybody? This is the KTF Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Shannon Williams, and we are happy to have you here with us today. As always, we do ask that you like, subscribe, and share this podcast. I've got an awesome guest here today. Uh, the None other than the infamous Joshua furstein is in the KTF studio with us. Thanks for being here.
1: Bro, I'm excited. We just had an incredible service. Your Colombian... Wife is walking in. Yes, absolutely. She does
0: that quite often, right in the middle of something.
1: Shout out to Nance. <laughs> good job, good job.
0: So um, how'd you get here today, man? Um, you came today, you preached today. Uh, I was really excited about hearing the word about going further in God, going deeper in the water. You talked about ankle-deep water. You talked about waist-deep water and scripture out of Ezekiel. But then it gets to a place where you start swimming. You have to swim. And uh, I believe the church is in a spot right now where you've got those who have an opportunity to go deeper with God and then some who are actually fighting against it. Why don't we talk about a little bit about going deeper and maybe even some of the opposition of maybe the reasons why people don't want to go further in God.
1: This is the part where either I sound super spiritual. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) You could just wing it. I mean,
1: either way, it's all good. Some of us just prefer to float right we just prefer to float instead of swimming yeah so no 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 look so here here's here was basically the crux of today and this is kind of what i've been feeling for the church kind of as a whole is when you start looking at Scripture, notice that you've got man, which is made up of flesh and spirit, right? And it's funny because you find this even with a river. You have the banks of a river, which signifies flesh. It's literally, you know, you're made out of the dust of the ground. So it signifies flesh, and it confines or holds this fluid spirit, which is obviously the waters, a type of the spirit. And the Lord began to show me in the story of Ezekiel 47, as he begins to walk out, notice he has an angel with him, and he's got a a, a, a measuring line, and he's going a thousand cubits, which is a few football fields. He goes about a thousand cubits, and he's got the measuring line in his hand. And as I was pointing out this morning, this is the problem I think with church, churchianity. In fact, we could we could really go into this. Yeah, when you get into churchianity, you have different levels of people. You've got people that are in the ankle deep waters which is where you know I let my kids play in ankle deep waters because they're immature they don't know how to swim well they're not you know they don't have the muscle mass or the ability to fight the current and so you let your kids hang out there and just splash and play and have a good time unfortunately i feel like this is where a lot of americans are particularly it's not this way if you go over to other countries right correct but a lot of americans are in kind of like the and play like let's just have fun for jesus like yeah this is you know i am a friend of god yes and you know they go to church and they do sunday and that's about it right right and they just come they have their 45 minute deal they have their donut holes and their little caramel macchiato in the lobby and they go home and they're just like and i think it's actually a very dangerous place to be It's one thing to be the guy that's hanging out in the bar that's just getting wildly drunk and is just a carouser and all this stuff. That dude has an understanding that he's living in a dangerous place with God. A lot of the people, though, in America that go to church don't understand that they're living in a dangerous place with God because they're, like, barely in, right? And this is one of those things that you can't be barely in. And I think that what we need to get, and I'll kind of skip some of the steps here for the sake of time, but he goes from his ankles to his knees to his waist, and then the, the Bible says that it's waters to swim in. And this is the place where you get to where you're so deep into the things of God that the current. I was sharing the story, uh, the, you know, this morning about me going and I go out in the ocean, and I'm a big dude. I mean, if you can't tell, I got more chins than a Chinese phone book, right? <laughs> and <laughs> Jesus. I mean, I'm a big dude. So people get out of my way. Like when I move, okay, okay. they move. Like, you know, I'm 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 a big guy. I'm used to being in charge. But when I get deep in the water, guess what? That one little wave that came in, I mean, just barely, just a little bit of a wave moved me. And the Lord really began to speak to, to me through that. And when you get in the spirit... God just barely pushes you in a direction and you move with him and then you you crazy favor starts happening and people are like oh it's because I'm no, no no it's not because you're blessed or you have favor it's because you're in alignment and when when you're in alignment with God he starts directing your path and ordering your steps and now you find yourself it's funny because For 42 years of age now, I've been able to do a lot of incredible things. And I get around people and they're like, dude, you were in the right place at the right time. How did that happen to you? And blah, blah, blah. And I say, literally, if I spend time every single morning, if I spend time praying, a lot of business guys, because I do a lot in the business world, a lot of business guys are like, man, you know, I only have so many hours in a day. Hustle, grind, hustle, grind. And I'm like, dude, if you pray and you spend time with the Father, The Father will put you in places that you could not have put yourself. That's good. Like just perfect alignment, right? And so I'll walk into opportunities that other people don't walk in, not because I'm smarter, even though I am, but I'm more intelligent, better looking, even though I'm definitely those things too. But it's not because of those things, right? It's because I'm walking in alignment with the Father, and the Father is walking me and dude I'm, start, I'm starting to sound that's like a, this daddy god people that's just a, daddy god just told me <laughs> you know i was talking to daddy god this morning
0: anyways yeah so so what you're saying is basically um it's actually a dangerous place to be in to think that you're flowing in god when, when really you're just in control the whole time and you're just barely in it everyone wants to be in
1: control that's that's really what the the issue is right Because when I get out of my control and dude, I'm, I'm one of those guys. I like to control everything. I like to control my environment when I'm with my kids and I'm out in public, I'm watching everything. Like I want to be in absolute control. I don't let people drive my kids. I don't let my wife drive because I like to be in control. That's right. But what I've had to learn with God is to be able to take my hands off things and say, okay, this doesn't make any sense, but I am going to trust you. And I'm going to learn to, and, in bro, you know, it's crazy. You know, let me just speak to the, to the business world, right? God sent me on this, this journey of generosity, which really was because of my wife, you know, like even when we got married, we had maybe, I don't know, $7,000 to our name. Right. And we had this van and my wife, I was like, you know what, we need to get a new car. We need to get an, you know, and we've got this van, this, you know, which I could probably get a couple grand out of. And, I'm like, let's sell it, and we'll put that down towards... And my wife says, why sell what you can sell? And I'm like, okay, Mike Murdoch.
0: Like, <laughs> you know. like, so she just said, hey, let's give this van away instead of trying yeah. to sell
1: it. And so we did. We we gave it to a young couple, and we we gave it. Bro, within a week, bam, God blesses us like in an incredible way. Now, the whole point was, in fact do I can tell you story after story. In fact, just say this one: I was in Branson, Missouri, and I'm traveling preaching. And as you know, traveling preaching, you don't make a ton of money unless you're Kenneth Copeland or whew, Benny Hinn or something like that. <laughs> then the money. Um, I told you earlier. You know how Benny Hinn goes to sleep? Yeah. <sighs> All right. I I love Benny. I love Benny. I love Benny. Good, good guy. You know. Um. He he's the one guy with the Indian accent that Hallelujah and he dude, that's his favorite song. He he jams with it, but I mean um what was I talking about?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I d I I don't even you're talking about uh you know, oh, b- business oh, okay, opportunities. Okay, so, so And
1: God bless you. <laughs> so so bro, I'm in Branson, Missouri. We don't have much to our name. I'm traveling preaching. And from love offerings and stuff. My wife, myself, my kids and my parents are all on the road and we're traveling across the nation and I'm just preaching. I'm preaching like three or four nights a week and we go to Branson. And as I'm in the lobby of a theater, um, I see an Indian dude and I'm like, and the Lord speaks to me and says, go give him all the cash that you have in your pocket. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't even, this guy's probably a flipping Hindu. What in the world am I going to go give him a bunch of money? Like, what are you talking about? And I look and dude, the, the Holy Ghost, go give him all the cash that you have in your pocket. And I got a little wad, dude. And I'm like, oh man, and I'm struggling. I disobey. I walk out. I'm walking to the parking lot. The Holy Ghost hits me again. Go back in and give him all the money you have in your pocket. Finally, I look at the Lord. I literally just remember Okay, God, here's the deal. I don't know if this is your voice or if this is just me trying to like really, really hear, but I don't, I think it's you because I don't like just giving money away. And I walk back in and I find him and I'm just like, this guy's going to think I'm a crackhead or I'm doing a prank video or something. Like I'm just walking up to him. I walk up, I hand him just a stack of cash, dude. And I just put it in his hand and I don't even know what to say, which is weird because I talk a lot. And I'm just like, (laughs) you don't say, yeah, I'm like, God bless you, man. And I turn around and I go to walk off. He says, sir, sir, excuse me. And I go over and I'm like, yeah, he's like, how did you know? And I'm like, how did I know what? How did you know I was a missionary? And I was like, what? my brother, I am a missionary, my wife, and he introduces me to his wife and all this stuff. His name's Dinesh, and he starts sharing his testimony, and it's like incredible. I end up finding that he has he's personally discipled 300 pastors and planted 300 churches in India and all this stuff, and he's doing deputation, right? And so the next morning, now mind you, dude, I don't have a lot of money in the bank. The next morning, we invite them over to have breakfast with us. We have breakfast. And as we're sitting there, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, Write him a check for $1,000. And I'm like, God, I just gave him 500 last night. Now you want me to give him 1000 Like, what in the world? So I lean over. I'm like, hey, babe, this is what I'm thinking. And she's like, I was thinking that too. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay. So I go up to our hotel room. I write him a check. I bring it back down. I give it to him. Okay. So I've given him 1500 bucks. Okay. Right? Yep. Hug him, love him, pray with him, walk him out. We're walking back. To in the hotel lobby, and I get a phone call from a guy that says, Josh, I got your number from so and so. I understand you do social media. And I'm like, Yeah. He's like, Look, I need this job done and I need it done fast. I'll pay you $150,000. Right. Dude, I literally got a wire. Like I got a contract. Bro, God just has a way when you're in alignment with Him. right? Right. Right. And when you're in alignment with Him and you're walking with Him, Business opportunities, you don't even have to go find them. Business opportunities actually find you,
0: right? Amen. Amen. That's powerful stuff. You were talking about social media, and some of the people that's watching will probably recognize you.
1: Starbucks wanted to take Christ and Christmas off of their brand-new cups. That's why they're just plain red. In fact, do you realize that Starbucks isn't allowed to say Merry Christmas to customers? Well, I decided instead of simply boycotting, well, why don't we just start a movement? So when I went in and I asked for my coffee, they asked for my name, and I told them my name is Merry Christmas.
0: Um, I know you got canceled, but you got canceled because you were speaking out You but but you had tons of viewers and tons of videos. You had three million followers. Yep. Five billion views online. Yeah. Four
1: point four point nine. But yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. Evangelistically speaking, I had five trillion video views. No. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, but but you were you were like all over people people recognize you. Yeah. Yeah. So you were you were huge for a while. And uh, let's talk about how God. Well, number one, I'm still huge. Well, right. but uh, that's thanks to the chicken alfredo
1: that they just fed me. thought yeah. I looked I look like you before lunch. I don't know if it's a it's peanut allergy or something. I swole up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Yo, yeah, so you want talk to about talk? that journey just real quick? If you just you know how how you you know what God did for you and but well, and and but see, it's not all it's not all fun all the time. You get a lot of haters. You get a lot of attacks. You get a lot of people who just. You know, they're out to destroy you at the same time uh, because God's people are going to have enemies. Yeah, dude. So, you know what? It started with me
1: as I was, you know, telling church this morning, went through a bad depression. Really, really bad. Thanks to a girl that walked out of my life, but did me the greatest favor because now i got a hot wife and six kids. And I can't tell you how we got the six kids, but it was fun. Okay. (laughs) But... This girl walks out of my life. I'm pastoring. She's the worship leader. We're supposed to get married. Everything's great. I'm like, I'm, you know, dude, I'm like ready. Like, my wedding's coming up. She ends up leaving with the drummer, sends me into a depression. I it's always a, the drummer. Dude, it's always the flipping drummer, bro. I mean, I'll cut a fool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, I don't know why. They just have a knife on this
0: podcast here. Hey, we're prepared. That's yeah. what's going on. They uh they got
1: security by the door and everything waiting for these jihadists to run in, um, but yeah so so um, dude it just sent me into a depression right like I had no idea it was the best thing that ever happened to me, but here I am and you know is this why I don't judge people that have drug and alcohol addictions because my addiction was still an addiction it was just legal so I got addicted to Redbox. This is before Netflix, Redbox and Dr. Pepper and Soda and McDonald's. And, dude, I literally ate myself. And it's crazy because here she broke up with me, so I already had all of these insecurities, right? But now I'm, like, waking up. I'm looking in the mirror. And every time you look in the mirror as you're gaining weight, you get more and more depressed because yeah. you're, you're looking in the mirror and you're like – Well, I preach, you know, that dudes uh, can't have boobs, but I've got boobs, right? Like there's no such thing as transgender and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure YouTube's going to take us off now, dude. And it just, it, it really is a cycle. It just takes you into this deep, deep, deep depression. But so I resigned the church and I'm pastoring, yada yada. So fast forward, I'm laying there. I don't want to live anymore, dude. I hate life. I think life's done. I'm not on TBN anymore with you know all of the Rolex wearing gray bouffant hair people on there. You know, praise God, Amen, brother. Have you sent them your green prosperity cloth, Amen? I believe that you send in your donation, your Jeremiah. You know, is isn't it funny? They always they always attach. Like, the Lord took me today to Psalms, you know, and you're smart to use a high number because the Lord took me to Psalms 432 today. You're like, dude, there's not even 400 and, th- and um, send in your $432 donation for your Psalms 432 blessing. Yes, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen yeah.
0: that several times.
1: So I'm, um, you know, I've, I've lost everything, dude. But the crazy thing is this, is that as I'm in this place... The Lord just tells me, pick up your phone and start doing videos. And Facebook just uploaded this video. I mean, you just could barely upload videos. But I'll say this, and this is the amazing thing as your wife goes to the restroom.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> He'll call you out if you get up and walk out right in the yeah, middle of the podcast. Right in the
1: middle of the message. <laughs> the, um, you know, it's funny, bro, because when you're anointed, less can be more. Right. Yeah. When all Samson had to do was pick up the jawbone of a donkey and he could slay a thousand Philistines. All David had to do was pick up an inferior technology. You know, the Philistines were known for their weapons of warfare. I mean, they had they, they were the first ones that had brass and bronze. And I mean, like these were highly advanced societies. And their, war, their their weapons were just far superior to anybody else's. And so what does David do? He grabs something so inferior that only a shepherd would use it. But in the hands of an anointed person, less can be more, right? Yes. And so everyone else had, you know, T.D. Jakes and Rod Parsley and everyone had these big, beautiful studios and television ministries. All I had was a phone. Yeah. But the amazing thing is that phone did 5 billion video views right? And so it's interesting because God had took me through this season to experience all this pain really to bring in it. You know, it's funny because when you go through a pressing season, when you go through a pressing season, you find out what's inside of you. That's right. Because whatever presses you, like when it presses you, something has to come out. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when they go through the pressing season, you end up finding out that they don't have the new wine inside of them,
0: right? Come on.
1: Let me just parenthetically insert that when God finds Gideon, he's what? He was at I mean, a wine, wine press. press. That's right. But what was he doing? He was threshing wheat. Yeah. He was using the wine press for something that it was not designed to do. He was making dough at the wine press. Yeah. And this is the problem I think too with American Christianity is we have too many preachers that are making dough oh. at the wine. Oh, mm, shonda.
0: We have too dough. many That's
1: preachers right. making dough at the wine press, because it's no longer about the wine. It's no longer about the move of the Holy Ghost. But it's now just about making dough, right? And and, 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 and so, you know, it's just interesting to me as I look at the American church, and I look at what I believe it should be. You know, I look at friends of ours, like Greg Locke, right? These guys are moving from say, this more kind of cessationist, kind of far-left Baptist type stuff. And now they're moving into deliverance ministry and God's using them in a mighty way that you're now just seeing, like now it's not just even revival in one place. Dude, I rented out a full theater for Greg's movie, right? And there's people getting delivered, healed and set free inside of a movie theater. And honestly, I believe that what God wants to do going back to the river of life is the river of life, when it hits the Dead Sea, it brings everything back to life. When we look at the society that we live in, we're talking about, I mean, absolute debauchery. Who would have ever thought that we would be facing the stuff and seeing the stuff, the kind of trash that there is today, right? Yeah. But it encourages me because when I start looking, you know, I shared with the story of Lazarus and how when Jesus told them to roll away the stone, they said, well, he stinketh by now. But the stink didn't stop Jesus from resurrecting him. But notice here that there's two dimensions to this deliverance. There's the first dimension, which only God can do. He says, Lazarus come forth and Lazarus resurrects. But notice that he looks at the disciples. I didn't have time to get into this today. He looks at the disciples and this is the second dimension of deliverance. Yeah, He says, loose that man and let him go. That's right. Right. And they're the ones that have to put their hands on him and loose him and let him go. And I think that there's a lot of people, even in the Christian church, I like to say they're found but still bound, right? Come on. They they have life but no liberty. And I think that we need to get to back to the point to where the Holy Ghost is moving in the church in such a way. You know, I'll, I'll say this and I'll shut up. I, You know, I was recently at a church for multiple, multiple services. And it just it bothered me it bothered me so bad that, and we're talking about a spirit filled church. Okay. But I told my wife, I'm like, babe, why is it that they're trying so hard to be like the Baptist and, and trying so hard to be so just perfect and things are timed and this and that and this and that. I'm like, where is the room for the Holy ghost? When can we get back to the thing? Like when can we get back to the kind of church, which is here at finish line center, when can we get back to the kind of church where people are coming and throwing their drugs at the altar? Amen. Where That's transvestites right. and trannies and, and drag queens are showing up to church. You know, we had, we. Uh, I shared the one story this morning, but I'll share another one on the podcast. We had two lesbians that showed up to church and to my church when I pastored. And of course, the oh, pastor, pastor, those women, they're lesbians. I'm like, dude, I couldn't hell, bro. Like one looks like GI Jane. Like she walks in, she's got a military haircut. Like, yeah, pretty sure they're lesbians. Right. 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 And so I called them back to my office and I sat down. I said, Hey, I want you to know something. I love you. And this church loves you. Now it's funny because everyone says I'm anti LGBT. I'm hateful. I'm bigoted, blah, blah, blah. I said, we love you. I said, I want you to know you're welcome here. I said one small thing. I'm just going to ask that you're respectful and that you don't make out during service or have any public shows of affection. But I want you to know that I want you here. And you know what, dude? One ended up coming to Jesus and one walked away from Jesus. But had I not done that and had we not taken that attitude towards the stinky stuff? Yeah. You know, and even if you look in the book of Revelations... You have a lot of stink. There's a lot of stink in the in the in the churches, in the end time churches, but it doesn't stop Jesus from moving and doing something big.
0: I think if churches would stop focusing on trying to get healthy people in the church mm. and go back to focusing on those that are sick or the, fat, those well, the, everybody needs a chance, not right? just the healthy
1: people. Get yeah. the unhealthy people there.
0: You know, the ones who actually need God. No, no, true. He came to seek and to save those who are actually lost. And so the church has, I, I think we've flipped the script and become exactly the opposite of what God has wanted us to do. Instead of praying, instead of seeking him, instead of preaching his word, we've created our own doctrines, our own stuff, which leads me to this next point that I'd like to share and actually see what your thoughts are on this because we have, we, we're in the Bible Belt, which means there's a lot of Baptists. And so the baptists seem to control a lot of the scenario and theology in this area people walk around a lot and they speak a lot about what their pastor says i can't tell you how many times more my preacher says this and my preacher says this i don't hear a lot of people saying the word of god says Mm -hmm. this so there's been this rise and attack i'm going to call it what it is because i I actually watched a video that was sent to me of these guys that made a film called Cessationist. You and I both know it, unless you don't know. Maybe you don't know, but Cessationist means that you believe the gifts of the Holy Spirit have ceased for today. And there's been this rise, and one of the guys who made it, he actually said this word, and I'll quote him. And this is when I turned off the, the podcast I was watching. He said, my goal is to destroy the charismatic movement My goal is to end them. Like, I don't want them to exist anymore. And so there's been this rise of, I want to even say, like, the only thing I know that fights against God and the move of God is religious people and the devil. And so pick which one you are and put that label on because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the Word tells us. And so what are your thoughts about this anti charismatic anti-holy spirit anti-gifts of the spirit why is it happening and is this like some kind of last ditch effort to stop the move of god that i believe is is going to come to america
1: so let me ask you a question this 50 yard dash thing you know that they do at the nfl combine yeah you know could you imagine if me and a couple other fat dudes we got around and we're like you know there is no one that can run a 4.5 50-yard dash. Impossible. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Nobody can run a 4.5. Yeah, Let's go to Golden Corral. No one can run a 4.5. Yeah. Do, you know, <laughs> do you know who believes that someone can run a 4.5 dash? The dude that can run a 4.5 dash, right? Yeah. If he can run a 4.5 50-yard dash, well, he sure believes that you can do it. You know, I think that oftentimes a lot of these, ces- these cessationists, they uh, they don't believe in what they don't possess, right? And they hate when anyone else does. Yeah. You're going to have a real hard time telling a little 17-year-old retarded boy, me, that was in special education, that lived my whole life stuttering, that God doesn't still heal people when I was in a service and God demonstrably healed me from stuttering, Right. I'm I'm like, like, dude, it's super hard to convince me. Oh, yeah, you're right. He doesn't work anymore. I'm such an idiot. I don't even know. Like, no, if you've experienced it and you're an eyewitness to it, and this is why the church needs to get back to the demonstration of the power of God, because, you know, the easiest way to shut down a cessationist is, I don't know, pull someone out of a wheelchair Yeah. Right. Or uh, see a cancerous tumor fall off or heal a stuttering or a blind person like that's the easiest way. But the problem is, is we have a lot of churches that don't want to operate in this. And you want to know why? Mm, I'm going to start preaching now because they can't control it. Come on. Mm. So I I grew up, uh, you know, I was I was I was a good kid, but my mom was an O.G., and my mom had this Cadillac, dude, and um, this Cadillac was midnight blue. It had limousine tint the whole way around it. She had nice chrome uh, wheels on. I mean, it was it was nice, dude. And um, I, I don't know about you, but I before I met my wife, I liked girls. And yeah. so I would roll onto campus, and I happened to get this date with this, uh, if my wife's watching, super ugly chick, really, really ugly chick. And... Um, Back in my day, right? Back, especially in the Bible college days, even though I only made it one semester because those people were, had a really hard time wrapping their head around me. But during that one semester of Bible college, I'm like, dude, I got a date with this girl. And so what am I? But in a date to me was like taking a chick to church. And so I'll never forget, we're having a revival service and I roll up in my Cadillac. I think I got some of the crayon or something like that, you know, riding in my... <laughs> riding with my top down, listening to this Jesus music. <laughs> So <laughs> sounds catchy. Yeah. So I pull in. Right. And the, the thing is, I'm in such a nice car and I got this girl. I want to be seen. So when I put her in, the, you know, I keep the windows down and I'm just cruising with the windows down. And all of a sudden, you know, of course, this is back when girls going to church, all their hairs did, you know, it's all. up. And she says, hey, roll up the windows. It's going to mess up my hair. And honestly, as funny as it seems, the Lord spoke to me in that moment and said, this is what the church has done. Mm. They don't want the wind of the Holy Spirit because it messes them up. Come on. Right? Because they can't control it. They want to do nothing more than just flip on the air conditioner of Christianity, just turn on the Holy Ghost air conditioner to where they could put it on one, maybe two, so that they can feel comfortable.
0: Yes. Mm,
1: but that yes. it won't mess up. There, and I think that we need to get back to the point in the American church to where we just open, we throw open the windows and throw open the doors, and throw off the programs and throw off all of the churchianity, and say we want a genuine manifestation of the move of God. But the problem is, dude, is that we have so much tradition in the Christian American church that it just messes everything up. Yes, there's so much, and in tradition is the one. I always ask people, I say, what's more powerful than God? Nothing's more powerful than God. He is the... No, I said, that's that's baloney. Like, no, no, there is something more powerful than God. The Bible says that the the traditions of men make the word of God to no avail. So that means that there's one thing that is more powerful than God, and it's our traditions. And I think that we need to get to the point, like, that we, you know, let, let me, let me, let me... Uh, is it okay if I go here? Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Why in the world? Why in the world? If if you were to read the book of Acts, which is the early church, if you were to read the book of, let's just say that you forgot everything, like someone just erased your brain of everything that you know about church. And they said, hey, we need to have church like they had in the Bible. And uh, so you go, you read the book of Acts. Let me ask you this. Would the church that you created look anything like the church today. Come on. Right? And it's absolutely not. It, yeah. It it would not. And I think that we have been in this thing to where we have created a church that's really our golden calf, a church service. Bro, I know every church service. I mean, I can tell you right now, three songs, offering, announcements, one to two more songs preaching altar call now i i like your guys' church you guys had an altar call before the preaching i thought that was amazing <laughs> you know i mean it was like there was a genuine move of god Amen. And, and and i'm not just here to not but i'm just saying like dude there's like a formula for having church right where was the times that i don't know people just showed up together and uh i don't know prayed yeah there's a wild crazy idea i mean no one wants to flip and pray anymore that's true right that's like true. I'll, I'll shut up here in a second, but I got a few more things to say about prayer. The Colombian agrees with me, so I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> you know, it bothered me because as you read Psalms and you read some of the different uh, particular passages and places in Scripture, it des- it describes us as Christians as sheep. Yeah. And dude, that bothered me because I'm like, dude, we're, you know, I don't, I don't know if it, like, I don't have the real, I don't have the demeanor of a sheep, right? I'm, I'm like, dude, I'm Peter. I'm like, dude, let's, let's cut a fool. Let's cut a fool right now. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm like the dude that this is going to be used against me for sure. If I run for political office, but I'm the guy that looks at my wife and I'm like, at what point can we just have one more civil war? And then just get rid of all the idiots and start over, right? Come on. Yeah. Like there's yeah. there's that. I'm not saying that Jesus doesn't still need to work on me, right? But forgot where I was going with this.
0: You're not a sheep.
1: Oh, not a sheep. But then Psalms says he's the shepherd that we're sheep in his pasture. And I was bothered by this dude because I'm like. How am I a sheep? but the funny thing is is that a sheep is the only animal in the animal kingdom that has no natural line of defense. It doesn't have the claws of of uh the fangs of a wolf or the claws of an eagle or talons or it doesn't have the fangs of a python you know it 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 uh you know it, like like it's defenseless it's right. totally defenseless, and that bothered me because I'm like how are we supposed to fight back but then the Lord showed me this, you know. It's funny because all it took was the bleeding of one lamb for David to run over and kill a lion and a bear, the bleeding of one lamb. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, the lamb has something that no other animal does. It has a shepherd and it has a voice that compels a shepherd into action. And the reality is this, if you want to see, in fact, notice that David even killed the lion and the bear with his hand. He didn't even use a staff, a slingshot and nothing else. And if you look at the hand of God, there's three different dimensions of power. Right, there's times that he uses his finger. There's times he uses his hand, and then the arm of the Lord. There's three different dimensions. But notice that when he goes to cast them all out of, like all of the demons and Satan himself, when he goes to cast them all out of heaven and damn them, what does he do? The Bible says he cast them out with his finger. Yeah, I once preached a message where I said all God had to do was give the devil the finger, and he had to get out of heaven. Right. That's right. Like Jesus, touch me. But it was just it was that so the whole point is this if we could get back to the point where the church would start praying and praying then we would see the shepherd begin to move but I, I, I just have this this thing where I think that we're at a point like the disciples were where when Jesus goes up to pray he says will you guys pray but when he comes back they're snoring. Right. right. And so I preach his message entitled The Silence of the Lambs, because reality is, is I think that Jesus is listening to all of the cries of the single mother who doesn't know how she's going to make it or the kid that's been molested or this person, the businessman that wants to commit suicide. He hears all their cries. But when he listens to the church, all he hears is the silence of the lambs, because somewhere along the way, we got more about church than we got about the object of church
0: that's right well that is uh something that i actually wrote about in my book revelation unlocked which uh, is a great book yes well i appreciate it um the seven churches a- every church he mentions has problems every one of them has issues they're not perfect they do have a lot of good things they do but something is wrong in it and what is wrong in it is is contaminating, corrupting, and destroying any good that that church could do. And he comes in and he goes, listen, you're not on the right path. Repent. Jesus's message to every church is repent. We need to repent and turn away from what we have created this. You know, every major denomination started out with a move of God. Mm. And I like what you had to say about controlling it and traditions, stifling the power of God, because I believe that's what they did, you know. Oh man god's moving over here. Um, how do we keep this going well let's let's write down the rules and let's uh pass it out and, and and let's figure out how to keep this thing going. Well, in an effort to put their hands upon the move of god they they stop the move of God and so now you have cold, dead, lifeless denomination we've got a church beside us that just removed itself from the United Methodist Church. They're no longer united they divided. Mm-hmm. Over what? Well, Homo- homosexuality. homosexuality. Yep. Like a concept that is so clear in Scripture. How can we get it so wrong? I think we just need to say, God, we, we don't need to do it our way. We need to go back to doing it your way. And your way is much better, higher, better in every way, shape, or form. And so the church is in a crossroads. Um, what's coming for the church? I see a rise. I see a movement of people who are truly waking up. But I also see on the opposite side, an attack from the Pharisees of the day and the enemy. Like it's like ramping up. It's like, if you're a pastor in 2023 an evangelist, a a minister, you better have thick skin and you better, you better armor up because it's coming from every single direction. So what's coming for the church? What should we be doing as a church? And Truly, can we see the church rise up for this maybe one last move of God, a third great awakening right here in America? Because we need it. I would I would certainly hope this. I would
1: hope that all of the people that called people like us conspiracy theorists this last time around. Right. When we're saying don't shut down, don't back down. No, 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 no. This is a and trust me, this this last one was a test run. The whole thing is to see how far we're conditioned. And unfortunately, a lot of churches and a lot of pastors failed, right? Now, thank God, I think a lot of them woke up, and I'm going to try to give people grace because there were people after one or two weeks that started saying, eh, this isn't smelling right, right? Right. And and so I thank God for those people. But let me speak to all of the other pastors, particularly there's ones, um, you know, that... uh, Oh, what well, dude? I'm I'm just a dude that calls names. Miles Young and dudes like that. That, you know, there was a pastor by the name of Tony Spell. Tony Spell and I do not see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. Now he is a f- incredible Holy Ghost anointed man. I'm telling you what, dude. This guy is like so close to Jesus. He and I don't necessarily agree on maybe all of the holiness standards, maybe that he he lives by and that I, I don't, right? Things that I don't think are necessarily necessary, okay? But doesn't take away from the fact this man is with Jesus. I mean, his prayer life, I guarantee, is better than mine. Um, his his I mean, the guy is a fasting machine. He is a preacher. This guy is awesome. So I'm not taking away from him. But what's funny is is when all this stuff happened, he said, I'm not shutting down. And remember. Yeah, and here's a dude that sends out 55 buses every week to go into the, the places in Baton Rouge that other people won't go, and he picks up all the people that nobody else wants. He feeds them. I mean, dude, his church is culturally diverse. This guy loves people. Government comes in and says, shut them down. Well, guess what? Um, All of the churches, a lot of even the Pentecostal spirit-filled churches, they start condemning him for staying open. You're just looking for attention. You're just this. You're just that. And they go to him and they say, hey, how about this? We know you don't want to shut down, but if we'll go and we'll say that you don't want to shut down, but that we're your spiritual authority and that you're submitted to us, and so... You'll shut down because you're submitted to our spiritual authority and we'll all look better for why? Because they're a bunch of flipping cowards. These guys are a bunch of sissies. Come on. Right? And so all they do is they back down and back up. Now, meanwhile, all they do is go to the scripture and try to justify it. Well, the Bible says that we're supposed to obey those that have rule over us, the governing authorities. You want to know what the governing authority of the United States is? The Constitution. It's not the it's not the judicial branch. It's not the executive branch. It's not the legislative branch. That's right. The governing authority is the Constitution, and the Constitution denotes that it gets all of its powers from where? From God, God. because they're unalienable rights endowed to man by his creator. That's and so now we have a bunch, like, honestly, you probably have to beat this out. I think a lot of these pastors should have reached down the front of their pants and checked to see if they have. Right. Ben, we preach so much against transgenderism, but a lot of these dudes should go to the store and grab monostat 7 because they're a bunch of sissies. So what we have is a bunch of guys and they're sitting around saying, oh, my God, you know, look at the Bible. The Bible says obey the governing. T-. Well, I already proved to you that. But you know what's funny? You want to know who wrote that? Paul. And you know what? where Paul wrote most of his letters from? In jail. In jail. Why? Because he didn't listen to the governing authorities, because he said it's better to listen to God rather than man. That's why the disciples were beaten and whipped. But they, In fact, the Bible even says they came to the leaders of the city, and the leaders of the city said, uh, Hey, guys, uh, here's the deal. Okay, I get it. You guys are miracle workers, all this stuff. We're not even going to make you stop doing that. But... You got to stop doing it in the name of Jesus. That's right. And they said, uh, wrong, nah, bye-bye, nope, better luck next time, do not pass go, do not collect $200. They said, no, screw you guys. Yeah. Like, we're going to go, and we're going to do this in the nombre de Jesucristo. Amen. And they do it. And they're beaten, and they're whipped, and they're literally put to death by the government. For what? For obeying obeying and complying? So my question is this, you know, whether you're post-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, or pan-trib, I'm kind of pan-trib, it'll all pan out one way or the other. I'm just ready for anything, okay? Yeah. But what happens, question, when the mark of the beast comes, okay? It's coming. So when the mark of the beast comes and Joe Biden gets up and says, everybody, 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 corn pop, uh, Jack, uh, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Dude, what what's going to happen when the government tells you that you have to get the mark of the beast are you then going to go to romans 13 and say well the governing authority the governing authority says i'm supposed to do it and the bible says that i'm supposed to obey the governing authority are you going to use that same thing you see you see, Come on. You see how it starts falling apart bro it is.
0: well it also talks about that 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 government should never never be a terror to good works mm-hmm. right it's supposed to su- suppress evil Unrighteousness. That's what a government truly is supposed to do. Ensure freedoms of the individual, but to suppress the wicked, not to ever come against the righteous. Never. And so we find the church finds itself in a in, in a situation where they find out who they really serve. Who are they really allegiant to? They cannot see you can say all you want. We serve God, we're allegiant to God, we love God, we trust God. But when, it, when the rubber meets the road, you have to prove. You have to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And you have to show it, hey, this is how we're going to do it. I will never shut our church down ever again. We kind of played along at the beginning. Hey, they're saying millions of people are going to die. Uh, you know what? We'll do our part. We already have a live stream set up. We'll do this, okay? So after, I don't know, two or three weeks, four weeks, uh, we're like, okay, we're going to start gathering again so we started meeting in the parking lot we st- we did that for a while and I said you know what guys we're not doing that anymore either we're going back in the sanctuary and we've never stopped having services but the part of the part of this that gets really really bad is that if the church can't even say we believe we're so convicted by gathering we need to gather we need to pray that we're going to do whatever we have to do in order to make that happen but people are over here saying I, I would die for Jesus I would die yeah. for the Lord. You you won't want to walk across the street to go to church? Yep. Yep. Are, are you insane? You know when they start coming along saying we're chopping your head off unless you deny Jesus today. Listen, some of, most of these people they're going to they're going to fold like a chair. They're gonna, they're not going to have a chance because they are not. We're not training soldiers anymore. It's a customer service environment. How can I help you? How can I make you happy today? We need to just let you be you. And so the church is a, I call it the social justice gospel where we take on everybody else's burden. Instead of saying, we're supposed to take on the burden of Christ. We're supposed to allow him to lead us. And so the church, we're we're in trouble unless we go back to God and get back on his foundation. We're just going to sink unless we do that. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that was a good message, dude. We, uh, you know, I, in my book, I talk about the mark of the beast. The mark- Which, hold on,
1: let me, me just quickly say, your yeah. book is incredible. You, so for guys like me, that I'll be honest with you, I, I understand every other book of the Bible, right? Like I can preach it backwards and forwards. For some reason, dude, I just never mess with Revelation because I'm like, some of the stuff I'm just like, okay, this hurts my brain. You should have called your book Revelation for Dummies, right? <laughs> Which because it was so it was so good the way that you broke stuff down yeah. and you went through piece by piece by piece. It was it was like uh, it was like those little cheesecake bites that we had today. They're just yeah. like little bite sized nuggets of of wisdom and truth and revelation that I was able to like oh, okay all right I, I get that now so. I just want to shout your book out,
0: man. I appreciate that. Um, five years to write it. I did invest a lot of time, um, but it was meant to for that purpose to make it simple, people could put the pieces together. But what people don't understand is in Revelation thirteen, the Antichrist spirit is going to rise up truly in this form of government, and so this government's going to rise up. It's going to have the number one thing. It's going to come up and do, and this is this is very powerful. It says it's going to rise up and speak blasphemies against God. Mm-hmm. It, that, that's what is told that is what is known about this antichrist government they speak blasphemies against god god is the enemy and anybody that follows god is the enemy because this government is led by lucifer himself and so if the church don't really figure this out like they're steamrolling us like like revelation's coming fast we're getting ready to hit probably chapter four. We're going to bust wide open in in chapter six. You're going to see the judgments. You're going to see all the stuff coming. And, you know, I don't like the fact that people are saying, well, you know, uh, I guess I'll, the Lord's going to rapture me out, so I'm just going to chill and wait, and maybe he'll pull us out in time. No, we need to occupy till we come. We need to win in Absolutely. this battle. We need not let him do that. But the word, the word behind the number 666, the mark of the beast, is a, is a wor- root word called stigma. The word stigma means to prick, hmm. an incisor, to incise a mark for ownership. Really? That's exactly what that means. 666 six, six is the number, but that number has a root word. I never knew this until I wrote the book. And then that word stigma is to incise for a mark for ownership. And so what do they call the thing that puts chips in people's skin? They call it an incisor. Uh, there actually is a patent right now, 060606, uh, Microsoft Corporation. It actually says they will track your body, your movements for health purposes, uh, blood pressure, heart rate, know how much you exercise, all this stuff, so we could reward you with, uh, guess what it is, cryptocurrency. Yep. So you can see how that can slowly transfer into Oh, we're, this is for fun. We we want you to get healthy, you're going to be safe. Everybody's going to get healthy and then they're going to flip it around and say, well, "All right, guys, uh and if you if you don't take this uh you know, if you don't worship the devil and and take this mark, we're just chopping your head off." Yep. You can't buy or sell with it. And but see, people are like, "Well, you're you're preaching this stuff, it's in the Bible." You know, it's not a it's not a heresy, it's not fake, it's not false, it's not a conspiracy. It's coming. But we got to really gather. I'm talking like denominations. We've got to like throw all that that garbage off and just say we need God. We need Him to move, and we need Him to move in America. So, um, I think this has been an awesome, awesome podcast. Um, real quick, I, I want you to mention about AFN. Real quick about what you got going on because I think it's absolutely terrific. I think the the idea, the concept, everything is is absolutely genius. Yeah, so we are
1: launching AmericaFirstNews.com, which is a brand new conservative news website. We have everyone, people like Graham Allen, Carrie Lake, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, a bunch of others, people like that are truth tellers. We have a bunch more coming here in the very near future. And then we're also launching, uh, actually should be completely launched in the next week or so, a family network, which is actually an app where people can go and find movies and entertainment that... Um, is non-woke, stuff that has some are just good, you know, great, clean content that you can trust to put your family in front of. And other actually has Christian morals and ethics and values and, and things in it. So I think that, that that it's time for someone to push back in the entertainment space and start giving our Christian families, particularly our families, a place where they can go and they know that if they put their kid down, their kid's not going to get an ad with porn in it. Right, which is a huge problem here yeah. in uh, society as we know it. Right, like you can't put your kids on YouTube, you can't put them anywhere, dude. It's trash. So we just said instead of sitting around crying about it, we're going to occupy. So let's move in and let's I like it. Let's uh, charge hell with a water pistol, and that's that's what we've done.
0: So is that is that soon to be announced? How Actually, when is that coming? You can go on right now and get the.
1: Uh, type in AFN, a family network, you can actually get it in all the app stores.
0: Oh, right now. Yep. Right all right. now.
1: But we're, we're uploading about a thousand movies over the next few weeks, um, that people can have access to. And is Is there, free.
0: Is there no, there's no charge. It's, free. it's Absolutely free. free. Absolutely free. Absolutely free. So that man, that's terrific. I just, I, I, I really, when you told me this, I, you know, we, we ran into each other at a conference and you were sharing about all of this stuff and I'm over here going like, wow, you know. First of all, I know this isn't easy. You don't just wake up one day and say, hey, I think I'll create a free app that's got all this yeah. great content on it. So I know that that you're being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We appreciate you taking the time to be here with us, brother. Oh, Thank you fine, so bro. much, man. We've had so much fun. We appreciate you. Thanks for uh, being in the KTF studios on the KTF podcast. I'm Pastor Shannon reminding you to always keep the faith to the finish line. God bless you.